Welcome back to Golden Perceptions Podcast, the greatest podcast in the world. I am KB. Yes. <laughs> and I'm the big A, you know, ain't. No, I'm just kidding. I'm Angel. <laughs> we are being too extra this day. <laughs> we are, you know, uh, we we doing some new things over here. So we're just excited about, you know, doing new things, making some changes. How are you doing tonight, Fran? I'm good. And for the listeners, just know the greatest podcast in the world is a manifestation. So don't, you know, don't play us. We're going to be there soon enough. Yes. And y'all should be speaking that over us too. You know, like Please. I said, we love to be affirmed. Please speak that over our lives because that's what we're going for. Okay. Yes, yes, yes. But I am doing well today. How are you? I'm good. I'm good. Um, I did some cleaning and some other things just in preparation, you know, trying to stay consistent and work on some things for the new year. So I'm good. Yeah, that's good to hear. Mm -hmm. What about you? What you got going on? I mean, I'm free as a bird over here. Just living (laughs) life. (laughs) Trying to just get me and my mind together, but I'm doing good. Oh, well, you look blessed. You I look mean, blessed. thank you. Thank you. <laughs> y'all can't see her, but she looked blessed. Okay. Now, let me tell you, y'all can't see her, but baby, look like she got a hot date after this recording, like looking fine, fine. These little curls, you know. <laughs> <laughs> no, but guys, we do have a topic tonight that we want to discuss. And our topic tonight is going to be finding beauty in your insecurities. Um, This is a topic that has been sitting in the docket for quite some time. Yep. And we decided that we will talk about it today. Um, First, I want to say I'm going to throw a couple facts out there and then we can move forward. The insecurity rate is high in women I can't really Mm -hmm. speak for what that looks like you know in men because I think overall it's a reflection of what's going on in this world right like how these insecurities are driving everybody to be a certain way to want to um try to become famous and look their best and all of these other things but seven out of ten girls believe that they are not enough or do not measure up in some way and that's girls and the reason why i started off with even discussing girls is because i truly believe that your insecurities start when you're young like at your youngest age i want to say if i can think back on the first time i've ever felt inadequate was about seven Mm. and it was in school and I remember being laughed at and I didn't know why because prior to those days I had always been affirmed at home my mom Mm -hmm. had always poured positive things into me and always uh you know she raised me to think highly of myself so that's kind of what I thought you know whatever she told me was what I knew about myself Mm -hmm. and I think that's where a lot of girls just being young they have a difficulty with understanding who they are especially at the age of seven um obviously you know kids are a little bit 
they're harsh. They can be harsh. They cruel. say some things. Yes. Like it's a cruel world in elementary school. Like it yes. really is. And um, I had some kids laugh at me and I was at a new school and I was just like, what are they laughing at? I didn't really know, you know, um, but it made me feel insecure. And I was like, what's wrong with me? You know, that was my question. Like, what's wrong with me that they laughed at me? Because, mm-hmm. again, like I said, prior to even feeling what some would call an emotion, I I just knew I was that girl, at least mm-hmm. in my house. You know, I was probably, I, yeah, I was the only girl in my house, honestly, for a long time. So I was mm-hmm. that girl in my household, you know. Um, but to kind of bring it back to having those insecurities that young, then it just really kind of drove me to listen more to what people said about me. Mm-hmm. Like it kind of opened my mind to like discover what people said about me and if it was true. Mm-hmm. And if I felt that way, then it adjusted how I viewed myself. You know, um, then in the family, you know, not my immediate family, but on the outside of my family, um, there were little things that people said about me that made me recognize things about myself. Like my uncles would always tease me and call me Blackie, which is, was like their quote unquote nickname for me because I was the darkest child in my family. Mm-hmm. Whereas it started to make me look at the differences in myself and my siblings like, oh, where well, they're a lot lighter complected. My mom is a light skinned woman. Like I'm dark skinned like my dad, but it just then at that point made me look like, you know, made me think maybe bl- being black is ugly. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, maybe this darker skin, they're calling me blackie and it sounds like a tease and a laugh when they do it. Although I don't think that they meant any harm because my family, they joke a lot. So I think that I kind of took that and I, I used it to say, oh, well, this must be wrong. You know what I mean? Like to look this way must be wrong. And then you start to examine yourself. Like I said, you you take full examination of yourself and what people tell you is where those insecurities come from. And so growing up, I thought that I had the worst feet in the world. I thought that my teeth were really big. I thought that my skin color was ugly. And I thought that because I looked like my dad, I was not beautiful. And it was just strange now that I think about it, I got to a certain age where I no longer desire to be accepted. Mm-hmm. And I started telling myself things like, you're beautiful at like age 12 or 13. Um, I would start just telling myself like, you're beautiful. And then I would start doing things like polishing my toenails or becoming more girly and like, you know, things that girls do at that age. Mm -hmm. I started getting more into wanting to do my hair and, you know, wanting to make myself look. So I took action in the department of those insecurities. 
like all of those things that people told me were, or at least that they laughed and made joke in front of, which then equated to me believing that these things were ugly about myself. I then had to change my thought process about me and yeah. how I view myself. And I think primarily a lot of girls that turn into women that have insecurities and come across men who play on those insecurities just make them worse. Mm-hmm. Brings on more insecurities and brings on more. And that's something we can get into down the line. Um, but I really did want to touch on how many girls, seven out of 10 is a lot. Yeah. And I can definitely speak about being a girl and having insecurities. Um, and my, just thinking back to the first time I can remember my, I was in school as well in elementary school. I was in sixth grade and, you know, at that time you're just coming into your girliness like some of us are starting to grow chests you know some of us are just getting our menstruals and you have all these things going on with your body that you don't know what the heck is happening things are happening though you know and um my first experience with it was I was already growing chest at the time and I was very insecure I would I would literally walk with my arms folded because I was insecure about it. Like I didn't, you know, know, Mm. you know, I just didn't feel comfortable with it. And I think a lot of even my insecurities that I came to with myself before anyone can tease me about it, it was seeing my sister who's a year older than me go through her things. Mm. And it was like, oh my God, I don't want that, you know? So when it was my turn, I was like very insecure about it. But, um, I remember having a best friend, my best friend, Kiana, um, she, we were like really, really close in sixth grade. And I remember this one particular day and it still sticks with me to this day, which annoys me. Like, why do you remember that? And again, y'all told y'all was diagnosed with selective memory at seven, um, seven years old. So it's like, why would I remember this? Right. So I remember one day we were walking, it was a group of little boys from our class and they were like laughing our way and I remember them saying oh um her her butt looks like this and did an up and down motion with the hand to say like oh she got a flat butt Mm, and even before then I'm like I didn't think nothing about a bottom you know I didn't think nothing about it but and that mom is like oh my god something's wrong like they're laughing at it so something has to be wrong like I don't have a bottom you know and when I say that insecurity stuck with me for so many years of my life, so many years of my life. And once you learn to take your power back and these types of insecurities, they literally, you'll look back and it's like, that was nonsense. Like, who are you to tell me? And I, I know they were being little boys, you know, that's just what little right. boys do. But like, just in that situation, like you have to ask yourself or you know understand yourself like who is this person or these people to say what I look like is not good or different and not a good way you know what I'm saying like how how are you able to determine that for me so when I start changing my thinking and that it was like I'm fine I'm perfect I'm exactly how I'm supposed to be made I ain't to I can 
do what he do back there and it don't matter, you know? Right. And <laughs> that's just to touch on that part of it. But I believe insecurities is not just a beauty thing because I did, you know, attempt to just do my due diligence with this topic. Mm-hmm. And even when I went to look through the topic, everything was talking about beauty. Insecurities was linked to beauty. Uh-huh. Inse- everything insecurity was uh-huh. linked to beauty. And, yes. and I remember, I was like, friend, I'm struggling because I don't feel like I resonated with just the beauty part of it because I've never been really big on. Of course, I, you know, care about being presentable, but I don't really too much care about who mm-hmm. or how I look like for somebody else. So now that we're talking about it, I see my struggle was everything was linked to beauty. And, and for mm-hmm. me, it's not so much as that. You know, like yeah. for me, insecurity what is the way that I think about when I was applying for jobs, which I talked about before. I had an insecurity that am I going to be good enough? Am I have I done enough? Mm-hmm. Every time it's time to look for a job, it's like, gosh, you need a degree for this. Did I not do enough in my life? Now you're insecure and you're just rethinking everything. I find wow. insecurity in being a parent. Like it's. It's and now that we're talking about because you're like, friend, why are you struggling? I'm like, I'm yeah. struggling. You know, this was my topic, but hearing us talk about it and now that I'm here in the moment, I struggle because just trying to do my research and gain a feel for the topic, everything was linked to beauty. And that's yeah. not the only area of insecurity. That's facts. Yeah. And I agree hundred percent with that. I do believe that for me, insecurity insecurities for me is anything that you feel inadequate about and it may stem from the start of your insecurities may stem from beauty but if you're insecure you're insecure about everything you know what I mean like you question yourself at even one point in your life at some points you're going to question yourself again and you're going to question whether or not you're valuable enough to work at this workplace, as you said, mm-hmm. whether or not you mm-hmm. are valuable enough to speak to thousands of people on a podcast, yes. whether or not you have it enough to, you know, present yourself to being a wife. Yes. You know what oh, I mean? Or goodness. even being a mother. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, I think that once those insecurities are opened up in you and the crazy part about it is, is it's unavoidable. Like mm-hmm. somewhere, somehow, at some point in your life, if it wasn't when you were a child, which I think most people, it stems from when we are children. That's just mm-hmm. my honest opinion. But I do believe that at some point in your life, you will witness feeling insecure or inadequate about something. You will feel less than another person or like you are not capable of doing anything, you know, that matches what you see other people do. And it's all because you are obviously trying to equate what you have going on to another person. You know what I mean? It's all tied to the way you view another person and what you allow yourself to think of you. Exactly. At the end of the day. and if I can give it a visual of how I see it in my mind, it's it's literally like you go through life 
and you have these experiences, whether it's someone teasing you, making you feel a certain type of way, or whether you've seen things or people that you like, gosh, I want that, or how do I get that? It's like these little fires are being created everywhere mm-hmm. in your brain. Mm-hmm. And one day they all come together and it's like, something's not right about me. And you start inflicting all these things on yourself. This is me talking to myself. You start inflicting all these things on yourself. That's like, okay, this not right. This not, I'm not good enough in this area. And I'm not mm-hmm. good enough in this area, which makes it spills over into every other area in your life that you question it, who you are in those situations. And for me, I still have them to this day, but what I'm learning is God didn't call me to these situations if I wasn't good enough for these situations. Mm -hmm. God did not call me to these types of thoughts for me to not be able to work through them and see another side of it. Like it's a purpose in everything. Mm -hmm. And again, every insecurity isn't behind beauty, but I do feel like a lot of things we go through in life creates what's an insecurity down the line because I, I can honestly say I, I didn't grow up you know once I turned seven and moved in with my grandmother like we really there was nothing we did not go without like we had almost all of our wants and every single thing that we needed so but then you know some people don't grow up with as much so they see other people with things and then they feel like they're not good enough and they create an insecurity for themselves and they work extra hard throughout life to just have things and then you're an older adult and you're like well I got all these things but where are the connections where are the relationships where is the you know like it's it's so much bigger than beauty and I'm telling y'all if you if you go google insecurities or not just the definition, but like what the internet has to say about it. It goes back to beauty. And that's a problem for me. Yeah. Because what if you are a person, especially a young person, like how do I work through my insecurities? That was one of the things I Google in doing my research for this topic. And everything was like beauty, 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 beauty. And it's like, everything is not that. So if I'm out here with an insecurity already and it might not be beauty, now you're making me question. Because I again, these are the little fires that are being created. Now mm-hmm. you're making me question like, okay, am I beautiful enough? And Now let me read this and go down this rabbit hole. Like, it can be a lot. Yeah. And to what you just said, like, what if, because men don't necessarily look at themselves as beautiful. So what are their stressors? Like what, where do they feel inadequate most? Right. And -hmm. it's not in the beauty area when it comes to them. Mostly it's finances. Yes. Um, whether or not they can provide, Mm -hmm. um, is there a package big enough? Yes. Like those are like some of the top ones when it comes to men. And I can't really speak for a man, but I know that in my experience, the ones that I have dealt with, those were the top two. Mm -hmm. Whether they were inadequate in the bedroom or in their pockets. Like those are the two highest ones. So when I really think about insecurities and to kind of tap into where we are today with insecurities because 
Mm-hmm. I think for a moment, you and I both had a conversation a couple years ago and we were talking about like getting off of social media and how it was making us feel weird, like feel like we had to start changing or molding or even started to bring thoughts of doing things that were outside of our norm. To the little fires. Yeah. To be accepted or not even to be accepted what society but just, says yeah but what society says is acceptable right mm-hmm. and all of these little fires that you speak about has become such a huge fire in this world amongst women amongst men amongst children that social media plays a huge part in this thing right like I log on to social media at least three times a day, let's be honest. And when I log on to social media, it's not for me what it was back when it first came about, right? Like at first it was Facebook and it was like, oh, okay, I'm going to get to see some of my high school friends, like some people that... Yeah, just connecting with people and all of those things. Facebook started after maybe about a year or two, started to become real dark to me. So I went over to Instagram and I was like, oh, I love Instagram. Like, it's all about pictures and it's all about, you know, like, I love this. People don't have all of these big areas to comment and say all of these weird things that they say on Facebook. So I'm good over here. Like, I feel comfortable over here. Now I feel really uncomfortable on Instagram because I feel like there is, and it's changing over time and people talk about it a lot on Instagram. And I think they reference these changes in regards to probably how you can make money on Instagram, but I'm speaking in in regards to how we look at other people and how being an Instagram model or whatever you show somebody on there is the ultimate goal, right? Exactly. Like it's the, the standard Mm -hmm. for what life should be like, or for what everybody should be living or for what everybody should be doing. And it brings on all of these little fires in one person's mind that Mm -hmm. starts setting off to say, well, wow, my hair is not like that and Mm -hmm. my body is not like that Mm -hmm. and oh what if I did do what she did to make money no I probably can't do that like she does it (laughs) yeah like she's way more prettier than me like maybe I wouldn't be as successful as she is because she's pretty and Mm -hmm. oh the lighter skinned women are more acceptable in this, you know, society. So I'm brown skinned and I probably won't. And I'm not saying that these are my thoughts, but I'm saying that these are the fires that can get set off in a person's mind when they're on Instagram. For sure. And it's like we we sit up and like you said, we were seeing all these things and they're glorified by the people, quote unquote. And it's like, of course, not of course, but we tend to. And if you if you as a person say you've never had these types of moments, kudos to you. Hard to believe, but kudos to you. Oh, and here we keep it honest. If you've never had a moment like, dang, like, 
like you said, I'm not shaped like her. My hair doesn't look like her. Mm -hmm. I don't have as many followers, so I can't start this business or I can't do that. Like it happens. You kind of make yourself up in your head that you're not doing enough. You're not good enough. You're, you know, you're just not where you should be at when honestly, I have to tell myself plenty of times in the past that ain't your calling, sis. Mm. That's just not for you. Mm. And Uh I even have to look at the other side of it. Like, what if you were an Instagram model? Not saying you can't be an Instagram model and have have children and have a husband and have the life that you have. But would I be equipped enough to be responsible in my marriage? Would I be equipped enough to be Uh responsible being a parent? God know exactly what he be doing. Like that wasn't Uh your calling. And if I could be honest about us having a conversation, you know, some years back about just breaking from social media, social media almost made us not do this very thing right here. This Uh podcast. Because when we sat down, the back many back and forths we had before we pushed the gas, it was like, but friend, we don't really do social media. We would have to promote. We would have to be on there all the time. And Uh how do we do that? And we like, yeah, I don't know if I want to do that. Like it's yeah. Then when you're a person, when you're a person that feel things and you might even be intuitive, like you can't be in that space all the time feeling everything everybody's feeling. When you're on that's a lot of energy. Man, that's a it's a lot Man. of in, different energies. If you know, mm-hmm. you know, it's mm-hmm. a lot. So you can't be there all the time feeling all of that. And when you're a yeah. deep feeler, you're experiencing it, but it mm. ain't even yours to experience. You know what I'm saying? So just to get to the beauty of it all. Right. And I'm speaking for me. Mm-hmm. Like I said, I had to really sit with myself and say, that ain't your calling. You should not be focused on that. And if you can't believe that's not your calling, ask yourself. So if I did have that, would I be responsible enough with it Yeah, to do it the way it's supposed? Because honestly, we know a lot of them, we can say it a million times over, they're not really happy in what they're doing. They don't really have all the things that they say that they have, but they can make it look like it. And because it's people on there that's vulnerable, they're going to believe it and feel like they don't have or they're not doing enough. You know what I'm saying? Like... It's a lot. <laughs> and I just feel like I, I literally had a moment with God when I was struggling with my weight before. And I remember I had a moment with God and I was like, God, like, just help me. I didn't ask God to, like, help me lose weight or nothing like that. I just did not love myself anymore. Like, I didn't love yeah. the way I looked. I hated seeing myself. And when I get into those type of modes, it's like, well, I might as well eat whatever and do whatever. I don't care. You know, like, I'm going to look uh-huh. like this anyway. And I, um, I literally talked to God and I'm like, God, please just help me love myself. Like help me to be better to myself. Like this body you gave me, I'm supposed to take care of it. And I haven't been doing that. And I apologize. I wrote myself an apology letter and I don't even lie. I started losing. I lost the most weight I have ever lost. I've since gained it back a lot. Well, some of it, but I lost the most weight I've (laughs) ever lost before. (laughs) But I'm just saying if I'm be transparent, I'm be transparent. But you know, like in that moment, like sometimes you just have to go within and see what it is you really want. Take out all the outside noise, you know, let all of that go and figure out who you are. What is it you want? 
work towards that and don't look at nobody else's path as the path you're supposed to go because we never really know what they did to get there. Yeah, that's facts. One thing my mom told me when I was young, she said, they will laugh about you if you're small. They will laugh about you if you're big. They will laugh about you if they're ri- if you're rich. They will find something mm-hmm. to laugh about you when you're poor. Mm-hmm. People will be people. Like, you decide who you are in this world. And I think I carry that with me every day because... It doesn't matter. You know what I mean? Like, it doesn't matter if you lose 30 pounds. Mm -hmm. Another person's perfection may not be, you know, or standards of beauty may not be what you fit in, what you fit into. And I'm an outside the box type of a person. I don't like to be like everybody else. And I don't like to do what everybody else is doing. I don't like to follow I'm just, I don't know, I guess I just wasn't set up that way, but it took me a long time to just become okay with myself outside of what people said. And Mm -hmm. I will not lie, it it took a healing journey for me to realize that, oh, you got some deep-rooted insecurities that have nothing to do with anybody Mm -hmm. that you have to address. And when I did dig dig deep, this just goes back to those insecurities coming from being told who I was as a child and, you know, those things that I I felt and I allowed to become me versus fighting against those things and thinking the complete opposite. Mm -hmm. Those insecurities followed me into my adulthood and it took me to look at myself and tell myself the opposite of what I have been telling myself all these years. So now when people say things to me, it does not faze me at all. Like one bit. Oh my God, you're lying. If you say anything about me, I don't care. That's your, (laughs) and I say, I tell people all the time, you're projecting your insecurities on me. Don't do that. Like you got your own insecurities that you have to deal with and you have to work out because I believe if people can open their mouths and say something ugly to you, they're just speaking what they have inside themselves. Exactly. If they can open their mouths and talk about anything that you have going on in a negative light, that's what they feel within themselves. And that's something mm-hmm. that you cannot change in a person. You cannot allow a person to tell you who you are or shape you into who you become. And I balanced those lies that I was told out by telling myself the complete opposite of that lie. And I started to even and I'm not even speaking about beauty. I'm just talking about all around. Like I started to tell myself, you can do this. You know, you can These are things that you want to do. These are things that you desire to do. You can do these things. You know, don't ever let nobody tell you you can't. You know, I was taught that as a child. I don't know where I lost that along the way, but never let a person tell you what you cannot do. And that's huge to me because there's going to be so many times where you feel inadequate or someone will say no to you and you have to choose and decide in that moment 
if you will accept that no, even if you don't accept it with that person and you try again, you have defeated what they said. Because ultimately, you are that person that builds that character and that trait in yourself on how you react to those insecurities when they come about. Because again, like I said, they will always come about. At every point in life, there will always be somebody who's going to down talk you, who's going to say something negative or who's going to make you feel like you're not worthy. And 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 if I I can say, I think also insecurities are another form of fear. Facts. I really feel like they are another form of fear. And speaking for myself and myself only, I have had the greatest successes in my life behind letting go of some form of a fear. Like, literally, I have like, okay, I'm going to just do it. Jump head first. When I had those head first moments, those have been some of the best successes I've had in life. And I'd be like, I'm so glad that I did it. But then on the other side of that, there are some things even still to this day that I'm just so fearful of that I have not even taking a chance to do and those things keep me up at night so I'm not doing myself no justice by not just going for it and seeing how the outcome will be but you know I'm not gonna sit on here and act like I got it all together and I know everything or we not gonna do that you know we we just speaking but man you just gotta understand what it is you supposed to be doing and stay in your lane and we remember the saying I'm in my lane I'm gonna stay in my lane all that we need to get back to that because everybody lane ain't for everybody yeah yeah and that's exactly what I do I stay in my own lane I built Mm -hmm. a lane for myself exactly like I don't have to ride the same ride that you're riding to live live in this world like I think it's important that as people like we tell us who we are back in the day there was no affirmations or at least they were not as out in you know there for you to use and for you to have knowledge of right I didn't know that those things that my mom was telling me she was affirming me I just thought that "Mm, she's my mom that's what moms say you know But I think that she was planting a seed inside of me. And here's the beauty of having insecure moments. A seed gets planted inside of you when you tell yourself or when someone tells you something good about you. When you can literally sit there and tell yourself, I am beautiful. I am kind. I am wonderful. I am blessed. I am, you know, when you can literally look yourself in the mirror and say those things and believe them, you are fighting against every power or principality that could come up against you in a negative light that tells you you're not this person because you now believe that this is who you are. And the best thing that we can do is plant those seeds because guess what? When you start planting those seeds, and and I think I talked about seeds on one of the other episodes, but when you start planting those seeds, those seeds eventually start to get watered. And they don't just get watered by somebody else. Like you start to feel watered 
you start to feel like you're that girl. You start to feel like I can do this. You start to feel, and then you start doing it. You start putting yourself in motion and you start becoming, period. You start becoming. And do those vision boards, write down your goals, your wants, your needs, like do it. And like literally one time we did our vision boards together and I'm not going to even lie to y'all. I let it sit out for about a month. Like after a month or two, I put it away. I put it away in a closet and it wasn't until I was getting ready to move, which was within that year um, of me doing the vision board, I realized like so much stuff on my vision board, although I wasn't seeing it every day, which it would probably been good to see it every day. I might've done things faster. I had gotten so many things on that board done and I'm like, wow, I didn't even really notice, you know, and it's sometimes good to, we can sit on social media and all these social sites all day and see other people doing great and being happy for their successes. But do we praise ourselves for our own? Like mm-hmm. I was, you know, I literally had to be in that moment like, gosh, I'm proud of myself. I did this, this, and this still need to work on this, this, and this. But I saw some progress where I hadn't even paid attention to what I did do as being progress. But again, I can sit on social media all day long and see other people progressing like, oh, wow, that's nice. That's good for them. Then I got a feeling in my head like I'm not doing enough. Sis, you out your lane. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? So like, Celebrate your own successes, whether it's small, whether it's major, celebrate Mm -hmm. it. You know, celebrate it. You deserve to be happy for you. You deserve to be a cheerleader for you. I live to celebrate myself, child. Oh, she lives. (laughs) And everybody else around her, too. (laughs) Listen, listen. All I let me achieve one thing that I thought that I couldn't do. I'm so I'm I'm gonna find a way. I don't care if I go in, have me a drink and some avocado guacamole dip i'm gonna celebrate because this is you know it's a win you know it's another step in the right direction of who you become and who you are Um, exactly i just think that most of us just have to it's hard because social media is such a big influence um Social media is is a bigger influence than a lot of, like, who they say the stars are. Most Mm -hmm. of the social media influencers influence regular, everyday life people more than the movie stars, which we, back in the days, were, oh, the movie stars, the rappers, the singers, those were our influencer. Now they're mm-hmm. they're not necessarily influencers anymore. There's a whole nother line of influence going mm-hmm. on out there. And I just think that sometimes you have to pull back from social media to see yourself again and you know do some self-reflecting. Like sometimes we are our own cause of having issues with ourselves, like why why mm-hmm. we are where we are or you know, what we are doing. I find it so beautiful to sit down and pull back the layers of myself Mm. because I don't always find good things. Like we can always tell ourselves, oh, you're amazing, right? But when you really sit down with yourself and you do some self-reflecting and you pull back every little layer 
of what you feel. Why do you feel this way? How did you get here? What did you do to get to this place? You start to recall moments where you did these things to yourself. Like I put myself in this position. I told myself these things. I inflicted these wounds on myself. And when you start to realize that it's easier for you to fix those things, because Mm -hmm. now you know that nobody else has that power. It's you. You Mm -hmm. have that power to turn everything around. And self-reflection is a really big tool that I use to keep myself in line. I Mm -hmm. literally have to sit myself down and I self-reflect. I write down how I'm feeling. Why am I feel this way? If I feel like somebody made me mad, I sit down and I try to think like, okay, what did you do in this process? Why are you so upset? What caused you to be so upset? And I wasn't always like this. We talked about that before too. I was on go mode a lot. Like, Mm -hmm. oh, I need to defend myself. I need to protect me. I need to do what I have to do for me. And it's not always about that. The five to seven business days. Right. Five to seven business days. (laughs) The five to seven business day. That she came up with to tell me, like, friend, take five to seven days. Don't, don't address it, friend. Take five to seven days. I actually we t- talked we about laughed. this in our first episode, just in case you didn't hear it. In our first episode. And if you didn't hear, go back and listen to it because it was a pretty awesome episode and it talks about how we became friends and a whole bunch of other stuff that we love about each other. Um, but when she brought that to me, we laughed and joked about it because she knows me. She's like, friend, take a beat. <laughs> Don't do it, friend. <laughs> five to seven days. Give yourself five to seven days. And when she said that, I'm like, you crazy. Five, that's too long. Like five to seven days. But when I actually do it, it works. Like it mm-hmm. works for me. It has worked every time. And that to me is beautiful because guess what? When I sit there and I turn around and I look at it, I'm like, ooh, I get mad at myself. Like, girl, you was about to go off on somebody because you felt like that. Because that might not even be what the issue is. Mm -hmm. Like, you are the issue. You are the person that's getting ready to address something that you very well have the power to control the narrative on how this plays out. Don't Mm -hmm. do it, sis. Don't do it. Yeah. And that's where we get into the how we're so much alike and we're so different. I didn't tell her that, you know, just to shut her up. I don't feel like I need five to seven business days, but it is it is something that I kind of practice because I'm a little bit different than her. Um, her. I kind of, <laughs> I'm a little bit, <laughs> I'm a little bit different than her. Like I kind of like literally allow people to say whatever it is they need to say a lot of times and then once it's over it comes back like wait was that a was that shade or was that a read or so I'm trying to process like now I'm mad like I should have said something in that moment like I should have said and now I'm like okay let me just try to see where they came from and let me Mm. see if it's something that I should have addressed Mm. 
So that's why I would I would sit on it and sit with it. And then if it it just was like, you know what, it's not even worth it, or maybe maybe I did take it wrong. I let it go. If it was like, no, it was that. Now I need to let you know how you made me feel in that moment. So I'm going to double back and have this conversation with you because this is what you did. This is how I felt. Now let's talk about it. So that's where, you know, like I'm not so reactive. Like she's no longer that way either. But I've never been like the reactive person. I kind of like hold stuff in. And me practicing that for me was like me not carrying other people's baggage or feeling like you know I'm allowing people to just do and say anything to me I'm gonna process it and then see what I need to do with it from there so it wasn't just me trying to shut her up but it's a good practice right Mm-mm. I ain't gonna let her speak for me y'all I'm still working on the five to seven business days <laughs> I literally have to call her sometimes and like friend I need to be because I'm mad <laughs> he did this or she did that and I need to talk about it and I use her as a soundboard to hear myself say all of the ridiculous things no, I want to no, say to somebody else. Tell y'all. <laughs> she gonna be she even check me till she get checked, till she check herself. She be like, friend, and don't just say that I'm right. Friend, I, I would never tell you that you just you're right. I just be like, friend, you're not wrong. Wait for the however. She don't never wait for the however sometimes. She just wanna go in. It just be like you're not wrong. However, she don't, she don't wait for that sometimes. So, and before we get to the however, she done stopped on me too. And it's like, okay, I got to give her her moment. Y'all, and then I'm still we'll a, get there. I'm still a wonderful work in progress. Let me just be clear, right? Like the five to seven business days, it works. And when we say business days, don't try to use Saturday and Sunday. Mm-mm. Mm-mm. That's Take not a the business full day. five to seven business days to reflect because you will find yourself getting ready to approach a situation in the absolute wrong way and like I said I use her as a soundboard if you feel like you want to go off on that person like just don't don't do it to that person like if you feel like you have to just say it get a soundboard if your soundboard Mm -hmm. is not your friend baby take it to the man above Man, you gotta do something. Write it down. Like when I didn't, there was a moment in my life where I did not want to tell anybody about anything that I was going through. I wanted to handle things myself and figure them out on myself. I wrote everything down that I felt. And it was a blessing for me because it allowed me to see myself in those moments as well. However, Mm -hmm. I think the five to seven days is a little bit more effective because it, it gives me time. When you're mm-hmm. writing down, it writing it down takes. Mm-hmm. When you're writing yeah. it down, writing it down takes a couple minutes, and you might be cool in a couple minutes. Let's talk about that for a second. I know we got to move on soon, but let's talk about that. Like, yeah. have you ever came across something you had written down some time ago, mm-hmm. and you come across it again one day? Oh my goodness. I go back to like towards the end of the year. I go back through all of my journal entries. And I read them. Mm-hmm. That's a good yes. idea. Yeah. But they're all not like, I could see ways that I have grown. And then I, I see ways that I'm like, I'm still like this. Like, why have mm-hmm. not changed in this area? And that, mm-hmm. I guess, could also bring on an insecurity, too. Because I start questioning myself. Like, why are you still here, sis? Like, you know what I mean? Like, right. 
Yeah, I found I found like I use the notes on my phone too. So between that and like notes I've just written, I found like letters I've wrote to my mom. Mm-hmm. I found letters that I wrote to myself. I found letters that I wrote to God. Like, so, you know, sometimes it takes me right back to the moments and them same emotions. And I know exactly what I felt when I was reading them. Sometimes it's like, yeah, eh, I was tripping, you know, or they don't even bother me no more. I'm good, you know, but it could be helpful to go back and just reevaluate when you have notes tucked away just to see could, where yeah. you are because you might need to still work and you just pushed it away it's crazy that you said that because I went back and read a journal entry from probably one of the begin. I have multiple journals guys don't judge me I I just like to buy journals and stuff like she that does. so whatever she buys me a bunch of them again yeah when I don't use them I'm a journal collector. I buy other people's journals too because I like buying journals. I don't know what that is. Help me if you know. Ring a bell. <laughs> sound the alarm. I don't know what that is, but I love buying journals. I actually was just buying planners today and I was so proud of myself that I did not buy a journal. I was like, I, I had a couple of them in my, in my cart though. <laughs> but I put them back. I was like, don't do it again. You have journals you haven't used. But I'm so happy that you even brought that up to say read, read back because when I did read back, I, I wrote down everything that my ex-narcissistic boyfriend told me I was. Things that he would say to me. I wrote them down in quotes. And if I let you read wow. them, you would be like, what? He said that to you? When I read back, I said, I was in this? He was saying this to me and I stayed with him for years after that. Mm-hmm. I almost cried. Mm-hmm. I almost cried. But anyway, we're going to move along because um, he clearly in the past and that's for a reason. Okay. It's lost. <laughs> it's lost every time. It's lost. Uh, so we're going to get into our would you tells or what would you do's. We are adding the what would you do's because... Yeah, we want to know what would you do as well. But so I got one today, friend. You ready? Okay, what you got? What you this going to be a what, what, you, would, what you would you do? do? This okay. going to be a what would you do, okay? Mm-hmm. So what would you do if you start dating a guy and you were together for two years? You were completely in love. You had two children in the process and you were engaged to be married. And you found out you were brother and sister. The fuck? <laughs> <laughs> what? Yes. What would you do? First of all, how we ain't know? Like, I got questions. Like, I don't know. I cannot. Stop acting Listen, like there don't be daddies out here that be rolling stones. Wherever he I get that, but home. I just feel like, listen, I'm going to just say this. And we didn't already had children together. We didn't already built a life. Like, what makes it different? Because we know now, like, you know what I'm saying? Like, right. do I not just love you no more as as a lover and not a brother? Like, I don't, I don't understand. It's, I don't even know. I can't say one. I can't tell you what I would do exactly, but I would literally have to 
literally sit with this and just wonder like, so am I just supposed to stop loving this person as a lover because now he's my brother? Like, I don't know if I could just sit up here and say one way or other what I would do. It sounds weird and nasty. Don't get me wrong. If I'd be like, yeah, we gonna just keep rolling, but we got kids. Like what would be the point? Now, if we didn't have no kids, I think that would be an easier way for me to answer what I would possibly do because a lot of this stuff you don't know unless you in it but we got kids we've been together for two years like and we're just finding out we're brother and sister like I would be more mad at the parents for sure or I or like the situation than that then like because you my life is ruined either way it go it might as well be ruined with the person who Ooh, life ruined too. Let's be ruined together. I don't know, y'all. I don't know. What would you do? <laughs> it's just crazy. So I'm gonna I'm gonna say this first. That's a true story that actually happened to somebody. And I heard another story about two years ago that was very similar. They were dating for a few years. The girl was pregnant. She invited her dad to the baby shower. Her significant other was also there and they were in love with each other. Come to find out, they want everybody wondering why the boy looked just like her daddy. Her baby's daddy looking just like her daddy. That was his son. Listen, the lesson about this, guys, if it's possible, please get the family involved. Like, don't be keeping your boo over there because your family, at least introduce them once because y'all know that one auntie or uncle or cousin going to be like, oh, that's that's Uncle Billy's son. You messing with your brother. Like, you have to. Like, Uncle Billy's son. <laughs> you no, for to, real, like, though. Like, for real, though, I think it's important that people do family trees because I have a huge family. Like, yeah, each one of my grandmothers had nine children each mm-hmm. think about how many grandchildren and their fathers or my uncles went outside and was probably with women who they don't know they got pregnant and you know what I mean like these yeah. things happen in real life and the crazy thing is is that like you said I think the la- uh, the one that I uh, just asked you what would you do the initial one I think they were both I think one of them was a foster kid mm-hmm. and I think that may have played a part in it like didn't quite know the parents but the other one I think didn't know the dad and so that's how like it kind of came about them being them meeting and coming together be responsible out here because now you got to explain it to the children one day and they like yeah and it's like i know what it's like yeah i know what it's like to one day have your world turned upside down it's like an identity crisis like i don't wish that on nobody so what do you decide at that point is the crazy part for me because it's like yeah we're not full brother and sister but we're half brother and sister enough to have a father's blood in our veins and we have children we have two kids we don't just have one we have two kids yeah like the and we're engaged to be married right listen i i can't sit up here and tell y'all i would just stop the relationship i can't say that but i also can't say how it would be mentally to be able to 
show up in that relate. I just can't. I, it will have to be a mental. It has to be for the people that have gone through it or are going through it. It has to be a mental trip. I think for me, I would have to stop. And it would be unfortunate. But I would have to stop. And I would still tell my kids that that is very much still their father. And their uncle. I would not tell them that until they're old enough to understand. But I think Mm -hmm. that one thing at a time should be addressed. Like, it's so many different moving (laughs) parts. (laughs) That I think one thing at a time for me, I would have to address. Like, okay, well, now we know we're brother and sister. We can't be together. Like, I can't. Like... No, but says no, I'm who? I'm saying this says for you. me. Like, yeah, okay. for me, like we can't be together because I can't now lay beside you at every night. I can't build a family with you and want to have more children knowing that because we have the same bloodline, there's a possibility of things happening. Like, I think that's when my mind starts, you know, mm-hmm playing over all of the things that could possibly happen yeah. now and that's like all why of I the possibilities I don't, know, I don't know if I can mentally perform in this as a relationship that's why I said yeah. I don't know but I just feel like if it was somebody else's situation that I knew I don't know if I can knock them for being like I'm gonna stay because of somebody else's decision and lack of you know care is causing me to be a single parent yeah like it's causing so it's a domino effect and it's like weird like I don't know I just know me mentally I wouldn't be able to get past the fact you my brother bro like I've been smashing yeah like uncle daddy like (laughs) don't say (laughs) don't say uncle daddy that's what it is like just say uncle daddy and I oh no it is what it is friend Oh, God. Yeah, I don't think I would be able to do it. But that also makes me feel like I need to do a family tree. Like, I need to do it. <laughs> no, for real. Because although I'm currently with somebody until it, you, it can happen. You know what I mean? Like, it can happen. There have been, there have been times when my parents were separate. And I come to find out years later that I might have a sister and a brother somewhere but it's like mm. it, you just cousins to brother and sister Fran Fran dollar back sis <laughs> <laughs> dollar back y'all she do too much like <laughs> oh okay at this point we're gonna end the episode guys because Cause listen, we only got one. You don't just don't want to talk about it because I threw a jab. It's just like I can never happen. I feel like that was enough. That one was enough <laughs> to hold us over to the next episode. But okay, okay all, all right. No, I, I got one for you since you want to play with me. <laughs> yeah, I'll see how she get. I got one, Patty. You know what I'm saying? Like every now and again, just a little sprinkle of Patty. It's on me. I I don't know what to do. Okay, so this is not specifically for you, but this is a would you tell, right? Would you tell if your husband told you 
that your friend's husband, you, they were mutual friends. So like your husband and your friend's husband hung out together. So they were mutual friends. And he told you that, or he told your husband that he wants to try pegging and doesn't know how to ask his wife to get her interested. Would you tell your friend? I'm going to have me a Kells moment. And when you say pegging, <laughs> what? What is that? What is that? No, seriously. Like, Okay, for all the people who know what pegging is out there, like sound the alarm. Y'all make sure y'all like and subscribe because I need y'all to help my good sis over here understand what pegging is. I'm not into pegging, right? Let me just make that clear. That's a disclaimer on my part. But there are some men out here these days that are not in the LGBT club and they like to be pegged. LGBT. Now you get oh LGBTQ and you I I'm not being disrespectful. I no, don't know no, all of the letters. Just, so I just right. thought we we're sorry. Um but okay. Um and I I don't even remember the question. Let's just go home. <laughs> No, you got got to answer because you was asking for this. You wanted to, you wanted to do it. So if your husband told you that your friend's husband, which was his friend, a friend enough for him to tell him that he wanted to try pegging, but doesn't know how to ask her to get her interested. Okay. Would you tell your friend? So I can understand. So my husband is hanging with your husband. They friends, right? Uh-uh, baby. Don't make me the one that husband wanted to get uh, Okay, your husband is... Ha- Just yeah, give see a scenario. Okay. Act like you okay, have another friend husband. outside of me, okay? I'm not your only oh, friend. Oh, my God. It's a scenario. Okay, so <laughs> my husband is hanging with Sue's husband, and we all friends. Mm-hmm. Okay. And Sue's husband tells my husband he wants to do that. Pegging. And my husband tells me... Yeah. Would I tell Sue? Yes. Would you tell Sue? <sighs> See, I don't know Sue like that. Because you should have just let me use you. She's your you friend. You, I'm definitely telling you. She's I'm your friend you. like you're my friend. So okay, you would I'm tell Sue. Sue. Yeah. How would you say? What would you say? <laughs> I don't really know what it is yet. I just know it ain't something she should know. Like, I would be like. Sue, Sue, listen. So, pegging, okay, let me give you a little, I'm not going to get too, like, gross on here, but pegging is when you use a little small, (laughs) thing, oh my god, to insert in a man's rectum. Okay, so, so Sue husband wants Sue to do that to him. Yes, but he told your husband he doesn't know how to get Sue interested and he doesn't know how to approach her with it. And your husband told you, would you tell Sue? 
So, I don't know if I would like flat out tell Sue, <laughs> but I'd be like, Sue, you ever heard of pegging? Would you do it? <laughs> Would you be interested? <laughs> Would you be interested? And then she'll be like, back to your husband though. <laughs> then I'm going to just be like, bad. Like, let me tell you, I know you said don't say nothing, but listen, I, I ain't say nothing, but I said something. So I had asked her and she said she would if he was to ask. So just try to tell him to ask. Mm-hmm. I'll help facilitate it. I just wouldn't come out and say it. I don't know. I don't want no parts. I'm gonna be honest. It's a lot. <laughs> it's a lot. I don't know. What'd you tell? What'd you tell Um me? I definitely would. I definitely probably would be like, girl. I probably wouldn't say that he told my husband, but I, I probably would do it in a way that you said it. Like talk about it. Cause you know yeah. how girlfriends are. Like we can talk about things like that, right? without putting our husbands on blast and being like, oh, girl, her husband into, um, mm, 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 mm. you know, and being judgmental. Mm. Like, I think that we can openly talk about, you know, things like that. So I probably would openly just start a conversation like, girl, like you said, girl, have you ever heard of this? You know, I heard that man like it and I heard this is what I know about it. Would you ever try it? And then I probably would do the same thing. Take it back to yeah, my baby. Like, to. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> she hey, hey, said. Sorry, I put the bug in her ear. She good to go. Yeah, they gonna babe, I think she'll try you, babe. Mm-hmm. Like, just, te- just tell him he could tell him to take it slow, though. <laughs> you know, I don't know. But tell it. <laughs> yeah, so I guess that concludes the segment of would you tell or what would you do? Hit us up, guys. I know I had some real crazy ones today, but don't judge me because these are real life situations. Like these things happen in real life. So hit us up. Let us know. Would you tell if, you know, Mm -hmm. that was the situation on your end? Your friend's husband wanted to know. And what would you do if you found out that you had two children with your brother and was engaged to be married? two years into the relationship mm-hmm. you can always hit us up mm-hmm. on ig at golden percep golden underscore perceptions and on facebook at golden perceptions podcast we are now on multiple platforms where you can listen to us and send us you know whatever you want to talk about send us some suggestions some we love you. Some anything to our DMs or to our Gmail at goldenperceptions.kn at gmail.com. We love to hear from you. Yes. And um, while you're here, if you have not already, hit that notification bell so you do not miss when the episode comes out. Please share, share, share. Tell your mama, your mama, mama, your cousin, your mm. aunties, your friends, your freaking friends. Let everybody know to listen in because you never know what's going to come out of KV mouth. Okay. Don't forget to tell your daddy because we need to know he ain't got no other kids. Yeah, tell all them too. Tell them too. Until next time, (laughs) you guys, we will be talking to you soon. Bye. Peace.